I'm really excited. We have a few weeks here um, where we're going to be in a series, just a, a Christmas time Advent series that we're calling Born is the King. Um, it comes right out of the first Noel that we just sang um, together. And this series is an opportunity just to be inspired by um, some Christmas hymns, Christmas carols, some words that are in those, and and just remind us of how good it is that Jesus has come and that Jesus is here with us. Um, oh, you might hear a little clickety clackety. That's Frank. He might. That's his chair. So he might need his chair. That's back here. Please don't be. Thanks, Frank. That might be the first time Frank like seriously. Walked through my legs and interrupted me. All right. We're going to get rolling on our Christmas series here. We're thrilled about this. Um, and if you're interested, we've created a devotional. Staff and elders, leaders at Hope um, have created a devotional each day. You can read it very short. Uh, just a personal reflection on a, a lyric from a hymn. And so you can check that out on our website, hopecc.com. In the resources area, there's actually a lot of great resources there, but our devotional is there. Um, and you can check that, that out also. Okay. Frank, you, you done? All right. Let's keep rolling. He's just settling in here. He's he's pumped too. He didn't want to miss this part uh, of the service. Um, I wanted to take you to a place today and a moment in time and in history. Um, I, want to, I want you to really consider this place as we uh, think about the story of this moment that happened in time, in real time. I think this time of season, sometimes this feels... Uh, like we're watching a Christmas movie, like there's this cool story and then we turn it off and go, oh, that was fun. I wish that was real life. And what a great story this is because it is true. I want you to imagine a man sitting on a hillside, huddled together in the moonlight, the stars above him, just him and his sheep. Lumps in the darkness it must smell kind of like sheep, which I assume is a, a kind of probably gross woolly smell. Imagine what the smell, the fur, the lumps in the dark, laying there under the moonlight. This man would have also smelled that way because he's a shepherd. He's with his sheep. Imagine the shepherd lying there his eyes still open as the sheep sleep, looking out across the fields around him. He would have been looking for thieves or wolves that wanted to come and steal those sheep or kill them, destroy them. He may be looking and considering the sheep that are right next to him, thinking, what do these sheep need? Tomorrow when we wake up, what food, water, maybe what wounds I need to tend to. I imagine he also would be laying there as he falls asleep, wondering when those wouldn't be issues anymore. When would brokenness of things like thieves and wolves and wounds, when would those things go away? As a sheep, he has a rich history in that profession of shepherds being those who care well for their sheep. I could imagine him thinking, when will the anointed one come? Because he would have heard stories. Now, this shepherd 
we're talking about was sitting over 2,000 years ago on a hillside. Far away from where we live, from Columbia Heights, in the Middle East. But he still would be sitting there considering, when will this king come and make these things right? Coming from a long line of shepherds, he would remember stories of the great shepherds. I could imagine he'd remember the story that had been written 500 years before he sat there. We call this this writing the book of Samuel, 1st and 2nd Samuel. This would have been written in a time when God's people were in exile. They were far from home. They were in a foreign land ruled over by foreign leaders. They would have been missing home, desiring to be back to be a family, to be a people, ruled by a king who cared for them, who loved them, who would fight for them. Now this book of 1st and 2nd Samuel, specifically today we will be looking at 2nd Samuel, was written about 500 years or more before this shepherd lay on that hill. But it was actually about a story that took place Five or six hundred years before that. So a thousand years before this shepherd lay on his hillside, a story, a moment in history happens. And it's a story about the greatest, maybe, of shepherds that he would have known. He would have heard stories of this great shepherd because the first times we hear of him, he's just a boy, a shepherd boy who puts on king's armor And it's too heavy for him. And he takes it off and he battles a giant. We're we're talking about King David. He's like the Michael Jordan of shepherds. He's the goat of shepherds, right? The greatest of all time of shepherds. You have to imagine shepherds would talk about, you know, if if David was the greatest shepherd or not. In their history of shepherds, when they sit and talk about coolest shepherds and they trade shepherd trading cards, As kids, they would be talking about King David because David becomes king, starts as a humble shepherd, right? Maybe you know this story. He defeats the giant. God really defeats the giant through him, saving God's people from slavery by the Philistines. David becomes a king who fights for his people. He writes poetry, which we see in the Psalms. He's known for a love of people and of God. Times even mentions that he has God's heart. Yet even though he's a faithful, godly man, still broken, as we read through scripture and know in history, he turns from God, allowing lust and greed and power at times to control him. But still held up as a great king. I wonder if that shepherd would sit there thinking about all those past shepherds that he knew of, and especially the shepherd who became king and ruled a thousand or more years before he was there. Would the shepherd remember the words spoken about David? I think he would, and it would cause him some unrest as he sat. Let's look at some of those Words now in 2 Samuel 7, 
we hear words early in David's uh, rule as king through Nathan, a prophet. God comes to Nathan and says, I want you to tell David these things. He says, now then, tell my servant David. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you go, have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I'll provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own, no longer be dis- disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Let's just stop right there for a moment. Do you hear what what God has promised to David? He's promised that he will be considered one of the great leaders in history. But even more than that, consider this. This is being written down. It had been told as stories for hundreds and hundreds of years. And now people are writing it down so they do not forget this. And they can continue to tell people while they're in exile, while they're away from home. And what is it saying? It's saying, do you remember? God has continually been telling us he will provide a home for his people. He will give rest from their enemies. He'll heal them. He'll take away the power of the oppressors and give them rest and a home. Does that not sound incredible? Can you imagine the people in exile hearing, I'll give you rest and a home? That's every morning. That's what I need right now. And you just need to hear, I will give you rest and a home. Well, the prophet continues on. He says, when your days are over, so this will be part of David's rule, but when David's time is done, then what will happen? Because he's just a human. He will eventually pass away. This is the good news, friends. He says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood, I will establish his kingdom." He's the one who will build a house for my name and I'll establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul. Saul's the king before him, um, whom I removed from you before. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. What happens? God gives us this promise. Gives it to Nathan to tell to David that David, you could be a great king and I will make you a great king, but there will be one who will come. And I have a plan for him. Did you hear this? The how he described this person? He's going to build a house for him, but he said, I'm going to be his father and he'll be my son. Remember those words over Jesus as he's baptized? When he does wrong, or in other translations it says, when there's iniquities connected to him, 
sin connected. I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with flogs inflicted by human hands. Jesus comes, he actually takes on our wrong, our, our, our iniquities, how we've turned away from God, and he is punished and flogged. But my love will never be taken away from him. What an incredible phrase, right? Love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul. Saul. Remember this? So Jesus is killed, right? But his, the love is never taken away because he defeats death. And so we hear this about the future kingdom, but this also not only speaks to that moment, but it speaks to the, a future where Jesus comes. How good is this? There will no longer be a question of what king will come next. There's going to be a time where there's going to be a king who will come forever and reign forever. We won't be, they won't be asking the question, will the next king be for us? Will he fight for us or protect us? Is he going to hurt us? Will he serve us or is he going to use us? Will he make a home for us or will his kingdom feel like a prison? Will he send us into exile? Is he going to turn us away from God? God's telling David, there is a king who's coming will be the king of kings, the king of all time, right? The greatest of all time and his kingdom will rule forever. So a shepherd, our shepherd sits on a hillside, right? Watching his sheep, watching for enemies, drifting off, dreaming of a time when a king would come and be home forever. Right around that same time, just a few months before this, probably about nine months, eight months, a shepherd, as our shepherd lay there, an angel comes to a woman. Her name is Mary, and the angel comes with great news. Now, she's startled by this angel, understandably, and it tells her that she's going to give birth to a son named Jesus, and he's going to be the one who saves his people. Look at the language that this angel uses to talk to Mary. He says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Does that sound familiar? The angel comes to Mary and says, I'm going to give you a son. And he's that forever king that we've been talking about for a thousand or more years. Forever the king you've been waiting who will rule you with truth and grace, who comes to serve you and not just to be served. The one who can defeat the giant. It says Jesus is the one you've been waiting for. He's the good king. And will establish our forever home. So without even knowing, this might be the most exciting night of his life. That shepherd, I imagine, might be dozing off. As, as the moon is in the sky and the stars, the sheep are, I don't know if sheep snore. The sheep are around him and he's falling asleep. We get... Um, 
a moment in scripture that celebrates something that for many, many years, God's people have been waiting for. And just like for Mary, an angel appears to him, to a group of them. In Luke 2, we hear the story. And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, much like Mary was, right? You'd see this angel, what is going on? What's going to happen? But the angel says, just like to Mary, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. What news causes great joy? Well, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Lord, the King. He will be assigned to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly then, I mean, if that's not great enough news, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his, his favor rests. They announce the king is born and then a, tons of angels appear and sing. What a cool moment, right? Our shepherd who was just sitting quietly with his sheep just had the world changed in front of his eyes. Then the angels had left him and gone back to heaven. The shepherds said to one another, can you imagine he was just dozing off? Imagine when will will this king ever come that we've been promised They're awoken, they're singing, it's bright, it's exciting. He looks to the other shepherds, and of course, what do you say? Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Or you can't go back to sleep. You can't say, "Uh, let's wait till tomorrow and see. Let me sleep on it. The, The king of kings, the savior has come. I need to get some more sleep though. That that could be a long walk. He says, let's go to Bethlehem and see what this is. And so they hurried off. I love this. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and they saw him lying there in a manger, in an animal trough. When they'd seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Could you imagine this moment? This angels come, They hurry off to see him. They actually see him. It's true. The king is born. He's here. And and then they hang out for, for a while with him. No, they can't. They have to tell people. They have to go around and say, do you know what just happened? Born is the king of Israel. He's here. And so we get to our hymn that we're looking at today. The first Noel. The first Noel um, was first kind of the words were printed in a kind of famous Christmas carol book that came out um, in in the 1800s that um, before that was sung and maybe printed place. There's a book that came out. People were concerned that Christmas carols were kind of not becoming very popular anymore. Someone put a bunch in a book so that people could 
know them and sing them. But this it was a song that was sung in different versions in different ways, a lot throughout France and England. It was disputed necessarily where it really came from. It was one that just kind of had continually grown and faded into life for people at Christmas. And understandably, it's the story of these shepherds, this moment when the shepherds hear the news and they have to tell this news. This word Noel means Christmas, also it could mean birth. There's actually different versions historically that have been sung, words that sounded like Noel. There was a time where people were singing in England this song, and instead of saying Noel, they were saying news or good news. Can you imagine that? Good news, good news, good news, born is the king of Israel. It all works. That all works for me, right? Singing Christmas, it's Christmas. Born is the king. Good news, we have great news. Born is the king. And we sing it today for the same reason. We sing it for the same reason those shepherds ran from that manger to sing it to those they could meet. Because an even greater shepherd, in even almost a humbler beginning, is born. A, a greater king than David has come. Born in a feeding trough ready to save the world, defeating the giant that's greater than Goliath, saving us from slavery, not from the Philistines, but from sin and death. He would free us from our enemies who ruled over us, our desires for comfort or approval or security, destroyed by this king satisfying our souls. He brings us home forever in his forever kingdom. He makes us not just citizens of his kingdom, but family in his kingdom, royal blood, all of us. What a wild kingdom that everyone is family in it. He comes not to serve, to be served by us, to use us for his own pleasure, but he comes willing to set aside his pleasure to serve us and rescue us from sin and death. King Jesus empowers his people to gather more for the forever kingdom until one day when he'll make things right. How could you not sing? Good news, good news. The king is born. This is great news, friends. I, I was um, reading recently a little history it came across something interesting. Queen Victoria is known. I, I, I don't know if this story is true. I couldn't find a good source, but there's a story of one of her close friends that says she was once talking with a chaplain um, in her, in her uh, court, and she said, could you please preach this week again about the, when Jesus comes back? And he said, oh, you ask for that all the time. And she said, oh, I cannot wait for that day. When King Jesus returns and I can lay my crown at his feet. I love that image. Even an actual queen, actual earthly royalty saying, I can't wait till I can lay my crown at King Jesus' feet. The good king, the right king, the loving king. 
Friends, we get to celebrate um, that good king. And we could say at this time in Advent, oh, he's coming, he's coming. Jesus is coming. We might lay in our beds tonight, right? Maybe with a few of our sheep around us, our family, or at least considering thinking of our family. And we might have the same feelings as that shepherd. When will brokenness end? You might feel alone, exiled away from home. Something is off. You feel hurt, used, or maybe unloved. You want someone to fight for justice for people, for all people to come help all people. You're just tired and you smell like a sheep. And you say, when will you come? Friends, today we're reminded in this song, there's good news. He has come. There's no more waiting. He's come. The king has been born and he has come and he has invited you into his kingdom. We can remember his triumphal battle where he destroys sin and death. Where he comes to give us life. Where he makes a forever home with us.